Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Joining us now on the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline, the one and only Joe Vavra. Joe, I got to tell you, man, um, you had them on the right track in Detroit, and since you left, they can't hit anymore, man. <laughs> what happened? Uh, uh, no comment. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they're, they're having a Maybe the worst year in their the franchise history. That's what all the reports are saying. That's that's too bad because some of those guys had you know had such a good start to their career, and you know next year who knows? Or later this year we'll see what happens. But you know the Twins took it to them. Good for the Twins, and here we are. Yeah, some of the statistics indicate it's the worst offensive year since 1904 uh, in the big yeah. leagues, depending on what stat you use. Now, now if you have guys that are going bad like that, you've been through this, where, where you have a team, and team's in a slump, whatever. Where do you start when, when it seems to be kind of contagious? How do you start getting guys so that, they, so that you start to generate offense and, and you get up around five, six runs a game if you can? <laughs> well, there's usually no quick fixes, but if you get too in-depth with guys, they'll never come out of it. So there's a lot of, you know, idiosyncrasy things they can try. And, um, but, you know, when you got a whole lineup going bad, it's it's tough. I used to like to just <clears throat> try to have three guys going good. They could carry the ball club, and then, you know, a couple guys do okay, and then, you know, or maybe three guys going. So three guys in the lineup aren't doing that well. And they're the ones you really have to concentrate on. But you can't forget the guys that are going hot because as soon as you turn your back on them in a work day, they're – you know, they're, then all of a sudden they tank. So it's all about the process. If you if you're uh, dedicated to your routine, it makes sense, and it really is. You know, it's a progression type thing in hitting. And you know, if you see you, you take them, hey, we're right here. We want to get up here. You know, we got to we got to stay with this progress to get up there. And that's and so if you can get them to buy into that and it makes sense, and it's really their routine because you don't want to have it say, hey, this Joe Barber's routine. No, it's your routine. You name it, you do it. And if you like it, we're going to continue it. And, and then, hey, take the lows the way they are. You know, the highs will start coming. So you need you see a little bloop here and a crack bat. And when it falls in front of the mound, you can't feel it. You're on your way. Yeah, just get something going. So th- that brings us to Joe Vavra is our guest, a former hitting coach for the Minnesota Twins and Detroit Tigers. And uh, uh, speaking of, you know, how do you bring a guy out of a slump? How do you recognize if you're even in a slump? Sometimes you're hitting the ball well and you're just not getting hits. Miguel Sano, uh, they may, I, I would venture to guess they'll bring him back tomorrow against Milwaukee. His, uh, his <coughs> rehab assignment is up with the uh, uh, St. Paul Saints. And, and, and you worked with Miguel some. And I mean, he, he has been all over the, um, 
uh, the map in terms of uh, as a hitter and what he can do and, and guessing. Uh, and, and man, when he hits it, it goes far. And everybody goes, well, God, I love watching the threat and I love the threat of him. But man, he strikes out a lot. Why does he strike out so much? Well, you know, he's a he's he wants he wants the big bombs. I mean, he wants to put in the seats. He wants to swing out of his you know you you know what and and uh, that's hard to control the barrel to keep the barrel in the zone. You know, I, I've seen that guy when he's so good, and then I've seen him so when he's so bad, and and when he's so bad, they just consistently pound him with the same thing, and yet he don't make the adjustments. So. It's hard to tone down those swings we talked about in the last time I was on. You know, these guys, you know, they're hitting the shifts and they don't care because they want to launch and all that stuff. And uh, you know, you just you just see them. It's really hard to slow down the barrel. I call the middle neutral. And then once you find a contact point to hit the ball at the middle, you can kind of take off a little bit to go the other way. Or you can get out in front to pull. But that middle is kind of your kind of your stabilizer for everything. And um, you know, he has a hard time with that. It just is, he's so big now. He's so heavy, so thick. This is a monster of a guy. And he just has a hard time slowing it down. But I saw him at the Saints game uh, about a week or so ago. I went up there and, uh, for a game. And um, he actually had a couple good at-bats. You know, it looked, looked like he was the same old guy. But I haven't seen him since. So it's, it's one of those things. When he gets hot, he'll carry the ball club. So do you, uh, with a guy like that, you, you know he's going to swing as hard as he can. Do you just tell him to guess? Just go ahead and guess on every pitch because if you guess right, the rest will take care of itself. And, and I don't, it, it's not working doing it the other way. So you just say, just guess every pitch? No, I never tell him. Like, I can't tell anybody to guess. I, that, I, I'm from the non-strikeout area. Or, I know, I, I know. I That's why this handle. is so complicated to watch, you know? <laughs> I can't handle guys that don't just, they walk back to the benches. You know, and it's no big deal. I just can't handle that. You didn't, you, you, you just took three pitches down the middle and you're, oh, you're sitting on a slider. Oh, way to go. Are you, are you happy? I don't get it. And, and, uh, no, I don't go up there and guess. And, you know, maybe the outcome would be the same, might be better. Who knows? You know, that's, that's what a lot of the analytical guys say. Hey, you're going to sit on this pitch and say, it's too hard to guess counts, you know. To me, the guys get overwhelmed when you start going, hey, it's always going to throw this. It's probably the easiest count to remember. You know, it gets to 0-1, you're going to do this. So one always going to do this. One, they can't They can't digest it. They're looking at they're looking at way too many pitches on the pitching staff now sure. to try to compute all that stuff. So, But they do know the guy's strength. And if you're watching, you're paying attention, you see that he's not getting a slider over. He's not getting over right-handers. He's doing okay with lefties. You watch. You know, you watch his pitches. You start counting them up and – you know, fastball, riding fastball, check. He goes for a strike. Slider down the way out of the zone. Lay off of it. That's hard to do when some guys, some guys guess the pitch really good and they commit to it because they guess it right. And it might not even be close. It might bounce. But they guessed it right. They saw a spin. They you know, that's just what, that's who was the best you ever saw at game day adjust or game in game adjustments in terms of being able to process that that quickly? <laughs> Well, you got you got a couple of, like Mauer and Morneau. Obviously, they were they were really good about you know watching each other's bats, and you know Span was good. Now, I'm talking about the guys that I had coming up through was pretty darn good. And, you know, you know Cabrera, on the, on, he he was uh, he was fine, and he come back from surgery the, in 2020 when I had him at that COVID year. He was come back from surgery and kind of no fans in the stand and stuff like that. But he he makes the adjustment per. Per pitch, and he doesn't necessarily sit on one pitch, but 
But uh, yeah, there's there's a number of guys that have been making. I like to rise, man. He, that guy just I gets was getting to him, he, and he doesn't even have to. You know, he can. He he's not going to be a guy that's going to get kind of fooled by. You know, kind of get it set up. I should say he's not going to get set up pretty good because he goes back to neutral. He goes back to you know looking for the ball probably down the middle of the plate and saying, hey, two feet, two inches outside, I can go with it, two inches inside, you know, way inside, fight it off if it's a strike. So, you know, he, he battles. He just He's just fun to watch. And incidentally, my Cleveland the other night, I, I turned on MLB. Yeah. And, you know, I just I just have a hard time watching, you know, like the, the highlights because it's all home run, home yeah, run, yep, home yep, run. Yep. And I was, I was totally taken back when I watched – the other night, it was hit after hit after hit after hit after hit after hit. And that was Cleveland. They had all the soft singles, whatever, score runs, battling, high fastballs, fighting them off. And then, then they went right to Arise. Bam, base hit, scores a winner, nice going. Now, now Arise, you know, he was a decent hitter coming through, but all of a sudden he, he skyrocketed this year. Is that one more adjustment that he made, or how, how do you explain a guy taking that quantum leap? You know, a lot of times the league don't overwhelm them, and if they can if they can battle when they're young and fight off and, and give good at bats, maybe their average and stuff isn't very good, but it doesn't overwhelm them. They'll make the adjustments. You know, there's all there's you know you've got quite a few guys on that club that are going to be that way. You know, like a Polanco, probably he didn't get overwhelmed, didn't necessarily do that great, but he just you know early on had the soft lawn. Didn't really put in the seats, but now he can. He can. He's, he's a mature uh, baseball player, major league player. He can. He can move the ball around, and you know he's better from one side to the other. But he's, but he's tough. He's not an easy out. So. Okay, yeah, and I, I, I always yeah, because Polanco's one of those guys. When he comes up, you feel like okay, we want this guy up right now because he's going to give you a quality at bat. Because as you mentioned, he doesn't get overwhelmed, and there's a chance he could do something with it and put it out of the park, or at least uh, if he hit a gap. Byron Buxton was an all star, and certainly the home runs are there, but he also uh, only hit two sixteen in the first half of the season. Uh, what do you see when you see him? Because I, you talk about hot and cold. Uh, all the you'll go, yeah. go, yeah, that great two home runs, and then you look and you go, yeah, and he's in zero for sixteen slump he said that kind of a year what do you see well you know what last year before he got injured he was that mvp type candidate mm-hmm. i believe I, I don't get to watch him every night like i used to but i just think he made the adjustment a slider not a not an enemy anymore if he if it hangs he's got it and he's he gets the barrel out front um Maybe he doesn't have to utilize his speed so much, but boy, the ball's in the gaps, you know, it's easy triples for him. So, um, he, no, he's just getting the barrel out there. I think average, yeah, could he hit a little better? But Is that because he punishes you when you make a mistake, but but he still hasn't mature enough where he, he can beat you on your, and, uh, if you throw your best pitch? Yeah, yeah, he's he's close. So, you know, you saw it last year where he was there. There was no doubt about it. And it comes and goes, but, you know, it's, it's – it's probably there more times than it's not, and you know he's making the adjustments. So one thing, that's one thing that you know when he was really going bad, it never it never got to him. Not not bad anyway. Not not outwardly. Maybe internally he was ready to come off the bridge, but he was pretty good, pretty good on the outside. And, you know, just. I'm going to get him tonight or tonight and tomorrow night. I'm going to get the guy. No, no problem. So and sometimes we do forget. Like Tory Hunter matured a lot as a hitter over the years, didn't he? Oh yeah. Yeah, 
Yeah, Troy didn't like the ball inside. Mm-mm. You know, and it was visible to everybody, all fans. And everything, that he just didn't like the ball upside, which really set him up for pitches away. They teased him in, and then, you know, once he started figuring out those are all setups, they're for show, and I'll just, I'll just be able to cover that plate. He, you know, he could use the whole field, and he could hit for power. And, you know, it's, <laughs> there's a perennial all-star gold glover that had, you know, the confidence – you know, to the moon and back on his defense. And, you know, those type of guys, if they excel on one side of the sport of, of the field, like Buxton, yeah. their offense is going to come around because they're going to get enough opportunity and they're going to be able to have a lot of chances. So, yep. you know, they, they just excel on one side and and then the, pretty soon the offense starts coming along because, hey, you got to have that defense out there and this guy's going to be a monster someday and well enough he does. A uh, big poppy, David Ortiz. You competed against many times, and I'm sure as a hitting uh, coach, you watched him closely. And you know, I knew him here in, in Minnesota, and obviously, he, he, you know, his career becomes Hall of Fame. We all know the story. W- what was he all about? I mean, I mean, a big guy like that that doesn't run well that can hit for that kind of average. Explain that. Well, big poppy, he had a good foundation. You know, he came up with the Twins. He knew how to hit the ball, use the whole field. So that was always in his back pocket. I think, as you'll notice, maybe he's pull up some videos, you know, when he, he turned his foot in so he didn't have to probably pivot as far. That's a mechanical thing, you know. Yep. He didn't have to pivot that backside so much. He's a big dude, and he doesn't, have to, he doesn't have to pivot a full 90 degrees to get the barrel out on the pull side. So he puts it in, you know, he toes it in, and he has to pivot 45. He's a lot quicker. And all of a sudden, fastballs and stuff are, are easy because he doesn't have all that turn, and his hands were lightning. They were... He was really good. He was a really good hitter with Minnesota. I think the knee issue was kind of a, a deal for him, and you know, some there was some doubt about his career because maybe the maybe his health. But uh, man, you know, he just I think because he was he was groomed well early on. I think that set set the stage for him to be confident. You know that he could go the other way in Fenway Park, or hey, I can pull, I can pull all day long. So, you know, I, I think he went into the right situation, right ballpark, and, you know, the rest is history. Good for him. Carlos Correa can hit for power, and, and he can do some different things for you. I've been really impressed with him as a baseball player, especially how how, uh, how strong his arm is. Like, holy cow, I couldn't believe that. That's 105-mile-an-hour fastball when he needs it from the shortstop position. Uh, but but as a hitter, uh, he, he's, he's long and lanky. I mean, he looks like an athlete. When he steps out on the field, you say, that's got to be the best player on the field. He's got that look and that, that it about him. Uh, what do you see from him? That, this is the first time I've watched him, obviously, multiple at-bats. Well, his hands are always ready. They're always in the right spot. You know, he doesn't take it. You know, there's no extra. There's no extra at the top. Uh, the hands are ready. They're loaded, you know, so the ball's out of the hit pitcher's hand. He's recognizing it. He doesn't go backwards from there. So, Everything forward. She, you know, he's been on. He's been kind of on fire. He's been a catalyst lately, I, from what I've been seeing. Yeah. And, uh, you know, some long balls and you know, left center in the deep part of the ballparks, and he's been he's been doing that guy. But then I look at the dugout and I see how how he is as a teammate, and it just the players rally around him. You know, he'll sit on the bench and he'll talk to three or four players after he has a big home run or a big hit or something like that, or maybe they did. And he'll talk to so he's. You know that 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 goes a long ways as far as his character, helping young guys, helping veterans. He's a veteran now. He kind of passing the back and forth, but I, I'm more impressed what he does after he goes back to the. He doesn't sit and sulk, and you know he gets over it. He's he's been through the wars. 
All right, last question. I saw a father and a son, or maybe it was the coach, I don't know, at a ballpark the other day, and the, and the kid had like a, a stick. Now, I mean, it, it, it was a baseball bat grip, but it, but it, was, it was made for this. Uh, and it's more like a, a stick than it is a, a, a bat. And, and he was throwing him little um, uh, plastic golf balls. And I thought, that has got to be perfect for hand-eye coordination. Uh, is that a great drill for somebody to do? Does that Will the ball always seem big if you can handle a, a plastic golf ball with a stick? No doubt about it. No doubt. I mean, that's why the old, the old wiffle ball had such a, you know, yeah, bigger ball, little tiny bat, and the idea was that you, you know square it up with that, you know. So, um, heck, Tony, Tony Batista, I mean, he had me down before the games, flipping in popcorn seats. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah, popcorn seats. He was, he'd square them popcorn seats up, and I'm going. Oh. You'd do okay. a soft toss with popcorn seats. Oh yeah, before every game, come down. He uh, he did pull out his back pocket, his pants, hand me a cup full of a handful of seeds. Wow! And I'd be flipping them popcorn. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it, you can't make that up. It's pretty good, you know. He had the most eccentric type of batting stance. I guess yeah. maybe he needed to. He needed that, but yeah. Well, that day you get three at Target Field, kaboom, kaboom, kaboom. I said, there you go. <laughs> I, I can see why you like him, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he had that yeah he's, he's, he's all right, so, yeah. yeah. Hey, Joe, appreciate yeah. it very much. Hope we can tap into you, but I love talking hitting with you. All right, Mike. And, uh, you know what? I'm just out here. I'm enjoying a little bit of old-time country music at some Riverside Park or something like that in Altoona, Wisconsin. You know, just enjoying the night. Okay, well, night. don't get too old too off. quick on us, okay? You're not that old. Heck no. No, you sit down at the park and listen to country music, okay? <laughs> All right, thanks, buddy. Yeah, waiting for some new stuff. See ya. <laughs> Bye. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.